0: Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.,
1: Cork's Red F.m.,
0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this gloriously sunny Sunday evening we're here with you until 7pm and a lot to discuss over the next hour on the Big Red Bench we're going to be looking back on Munster's good win last night over Leinster we'll hear from Johan van Graan and we'll hear from Leo Cullen and we'll discuss it with our good friend former Munster scrum half Tomas O'Leary also going to be talking to co-ramblers after their draw last night, coming from behind to finish one all with Bray Wanderers we'll hear from their Ross Stuart Ashton and the goal Score, uh, Chris Charlie Lyons uh, uh, on the show tonight. And we're also going to talk to Irish athlete Sarah Lavin, the hurdler is heading to Tokyo. We'll talk to her about her preparations for the games and plenty more besides as well. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench. If you want to send us a text into the show, eight six eight one zero four one zero six is the place to do that. Seventy four minutes on the clock at Wembley. Man City nil, Tottenham nil in the Caribou Cup semi-finals. Man City doing all the pressing, though they've uh, they've gone close a couple of times, and uh, the the Spurs defence just about holding firm as things stand. Weird seeing a crowd at Wembley. It has to be said, eight thousand people in the ground today. It's a great hearing uh, a, a genuine atmosphere as opposed to the canned um, crowd sounds that we've all become accustomed to over the past year. Um, it is just a strange experience seeing a crowd and hearing a crowd at that game. But it remains scoreless. 74 minutes on the clock. They're still looking for their fourth uh, Caribou Cup in a row. Tottenham looking for their first trophy since 2008. And it would be... Uh, Uh, a great achievement uh, for uh, their manager Ryan Mason who's just in his second game as Spurs boss following Jose Mourinho sacking last week so we'll keep it posted on that one but uh, yeah still scoreless there and what hasn't been a terrible game by any stretch of the imagination what was a terrible game today and I mean terrible was Leeds and Manchester United this afternoon Lee start Washington at Ellen Road
2: Leeds nil, Manchester United nil a game not filled with chances where a first half penalty shout for the home side was probably the main talking point the ball was crossed into the box by Jack Harrison it hit Luke Shaw he had his arm by his side so a VAR check determined that his arm wasn't in an unnatural position no spot kick given Marcus Rashford went close for the visitors with a long range free kick but not too much more for them claiming just a point almost certainly means their slim chance of catching leaders Manchester City are now over Leeds nil Manchester United nil it
0: was rubbish it was absolute rubbish but it means that uh, Manchester United have consolidated their place in the Champions League places but it looks like they're uh, slim hopes of uh, the pushing Man City for the title is over they are now 10 points off City and uh, Captain Harry says they didn't deserve anything more than the draw today.
3: I feel like we had control of the game without really punishing them and I think we created some good chances enough to score but we didn't create enough
0: a good week for Leeds though drawing one on with Liverpool on Monday night and a scoreless draw with United today their midfielder Calvin Phillips says it was a good display from them
4: you know as a team we love to dig in and You know, just make it hard for teams when they come here, especially, you know, teams like United. Um, But it was a good game. I really enjoyed it, having a battle with the midfielders and everywhere in the park, so I really enjoyed it.
0: Might have been a good game to play in Calvin but it certainly wasn't a good game to watch elsewhere Burnley a good win for them today as they pretty much secured their Premier League safety for next season Abigail Davis
5: Burnley have deservedly picked up all three points at Molineux today thanks to a first half hat-trick from Chris Wood and a superb strike from Ashley Westwood five minutes from time Wolves backline struggled to deal with all aspects of Burnley's attack this afternoon and were punished by a really clinical Burnley side for much of the 90. Nuno side looked frustrated and at times disinterested clearly with nothing to play for Burnley's desire far outweighed that of their opponents from the outset and as a result Premier League safety is well within their sights. It's finished here at Molyneux Wolves nil, Burnley 4.
0: The Wolves players are currently on the beach or figuratively on the beach and they are literally or whatever figuratively on the beach uh, following uh, today's game. Uh, Burnley boss Sean Dice pleased the progress his team have made. He says they're developing nicely but uh, not going to get too confident because he says they're not mathematically safe yet. After seven
6: games we've had two points we've come a long way since then I think if you look at the points return it's been healthy if you look at the consistency and performance levels it's been healthy and over a season I believe in that so you know it's nice when it does work out for you but the players have a massive amount of credit so far there's still more games to play and there's still important points to gather
0: One more game today as well that's at 7 o'clock as West Brom hosts Aston Villa at the Hawthorst Tom Gale is there
2: A local derby which brings huge stakes for West Bromwich Albion. Ten points adrift of Premier League safety, where it seems like every one of their six remaining games is a must win. Sam Allardyce looking to retain his credentials have never been relegated. Two wins out of the last three means that stats clings by its fingertips to the manager's CV. Aston Villa have won just one in their last seven, but Dean Smith's men looking to complete a league double over West Brom for the first time in 14 years elsewhere Swansea confirming their place in
0: the championship playoffs today they had a 2 all draw at Reading they'll join Brentford Bournemouth and Barnsley in battling for the final place in the top flight Watford join Norwich in getting automatic promotion yesterday in today's other game Bristol City have gone down as they lost 3-2 at home to Luton Rangers looking to keep their hopes of a league and cup double alive this evening they take on St Johnston in the Scottish Cup quarter finals at Ibrox that kicks off in about 25 minutes time elsewhere Bayern Munich have beaten Chelsea 2-1 in the first leg of their women's Champions League semi-final in Germany Germany earlier on finished up one all between PSG and Barcelona in their last four clash in Paris. Cork's Efa Cook is going to the Olympics. The 34-year-old Balloncogne have won the Cheshire Elite Marathon today in a time of 2 hours 28 minutes and 36 seconds. So that's four minutes. A new personal best of four minutes and almost a full minute inside the Olympic qualifying standard for Efa. Absolutely incredible stuff and Shiljani already qualified double nerf Nuala McCormack in the race. In Tokyo in the summer In the uh, Rainbow Cup Dragons getting the better of fellow Welsh side Scars 52-32 In the final match Of the opening weekend Of the new competition They ran in seven tries To claim a bonus point victory In Snooker Anthems Mark Allen training Mark Selby At frames to six In their World Championship Second round match The first to 13 Will advance to the quarterfinals. Elsewhere The 2005 champion Sean Murphy uh, has, uh, Is currently leading China's Yan Bingtao By 10 frames to six 80 minutes now on the clock at Wembley still scoreless between Man City and Tottenham we'll keep you posted on that one going to kick off the show though with rugby and a really good performance from Munster last night against admittedly a weakened Leinster team in the Rainbow Cup but a first win in seven for Munster against their old rivals that will do them the world of good and some very good performances as well going to get some more on that uh, from Tomás O'Leary the former Munster scrum half our good friend uh, occasional big red bench presenter as well we'll talk to Tomás was in just a little bit first though going to hear from Johan van Graan speaking to Air Sport after last night's game
4: Oh look uh, uh, we had a lot of belief coming into this game and it was important that we took the lessons uh, from, from the final and into this game and you now um, Leinster really matters to us and uh, I think you you saw that out there today What do you feel you done right that you, we might not have
7: seen in, in the last few matches and occasions against Leinster?
4: Well, look, um, certainly the, the physical side of it, uh, it, was a, it was a massive fight and you know, two, two quality sides. You know, we we played the Pro 14 champions uh, out there today and like I said, uh, the belief didn't change. Uh, we had the belief when we came here for the final, but this was an, an important game for us. You mentioned the, the physicality. Was the challenge tonight
7: finding the balance between aggression and hunger and energy, but also discipline as well?
4: No, we wanted to be constant. You know, we considered a few penalties, but now in in the. In the last few games, we, we didn't concede a lot of penalties, but you concede a lot of field positions. So, you know, I, I thought that uh, we, we defended really well tonight. I thought we put the brakes under pressure and we created opportunities. Um, you yeah, know, we had uh, quite a bit of, of set-piece opportunities in, in their 22. You know, uh, one there just before halftime, which we couldn't quite finish off, and then one there right at the end. But, you know, we, we created a few and uh, I think we scored three tries. And, you um, no, they're a fantastic outfit and to keep them to three points and zero tries, um, that, that hasn't happened in a, in a long time. And finally, Johan, is this the sort of performance levels you want to see from
7: your team and the playing group as a whole going forward now with a couple of more Inter pros over the next few weeks?
4: Oh, look, uh, you've got to take each week as it comes, uh, win and lose. I, I thought, um, you know, we, we played pretty good rugby against Toulouse and, uh, you know, just came up short. And like I said, uh, we want to bu- uh, go bu- uh, week on week. Uh, like I said, before the game, this was a, a new competition. We kind of ended our season and, you know, we restarted with this competition. And you know, who knows what lies ahead. And, you know, it was a, a pretty good result for us tonight.
0: That's uh, Johan van Graan speaking after uh, last night's impressive win uh, over uh, Leinster. We're going to hear from Tomás Leary in a sec. Man City, though, have just gone ahead against Tottenham in that League Cup final. It's Aymeric Laporte with a, a nice header there uh, for City to put them ahead. So with uh, 83 minutes now on the clock, it is Manchester City 1, Tottenham 1 is how things stand there at the moment. Uh, but now we're going to hear from our Argo pal uh, Tomás Leary about last night's game and uh, plenty of other stuff to talk as well. Okay, for more on Munster's win last night over Leinster, we're joined by our good friend, Mr Tomás Hilary. Tomás, how are you, sir?
6: I'm good, thanks, Rory. How's how's life with you? Good,
0: good. Thanks very much for coming on on this uh, sunny Sunday. Um, That was just what the doctor ordered for Munster last night, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, look, um, just what Munster needed, Um, I suppose, after the the recent history with Leinster and uh, I suppose the lack of ability to... To get a victory, um, I think this Munster team and, and Munster squad really needed that that uh, win last night. And I suppose, given the team selected, I probably heaped more pressure on Munster. Um, if uh, the second string Leinster were able to get over the line, I think um, that would have reflected badly on, uh, on Munster's progress. So, yeah, look, a great win for Munster, and hopefully. Um, you know that would lead to increased confidence when they do meet Leinster again next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like as you said, it was a, stri- a second-string Leinster team, which you can only be what's put in front of you, and Munster performed very well over the 80 minutes last night. I thought.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I thought they dominated, uh, particularly at the breakdown. Um, you know, dominated the physical stakes as well. And look, um, poor Hugh Sullivan from from Leinster, the from half. Um, I think it was it was his first or second second start, um, and the quality of the ball he got was abysmal. So um, you know, obviously being an ex ex number nine, uh kinda felt of sorry for him. But look, uh I suppose it was great to see Munster dominate um the physical physical stakes stakes against um against Leinster and you could see then uh, I suppose the the control that um that Murray and Sexton were able to uh influence on the game and, and then you obviously saw that with um Galandez try, you know, Munster tried to keep the ball alive a little bit more than they had in previous encounters but it was a lot easier to do that because they were dominating the physical terms and physical stakes in the match. So, yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a positive, positive game from, from Munster last night and like getting the likes of De Lande um, into a bit of form over the last um, two, three games. You know, he was great against Toulouse in the first half as well. Um, so, hopefully, he can have that positive impact in attack um, again next season.
0: Yeah, another start last night for Joey Carberry as well. It's great to see him back face and playing but you still get the impression there's still more to come from him but understandably considering he's been out for a year and a half I suppose it's going to take a while for him to get back up to
6: 100% Yeah I think it is um, and I suppose we need to be patient as, as a public um, and particularly as most supporters you know he's been out for, for the bones of a year and a half you know with various injuries um, so it's getting re-acclimatised back to, I suppose, um, you know, inter-provincial rugby and hopefully international rugby as well down the line. Um, but, you know, I thought, obviously, a solid performance last night, nothing too spectacular. Um, but, um, again, he's another 80 minutes or whatever under his belt. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, he'll get a summer tour with Ireland if that goes ahead. And then we can see him, uh, you know, exert his influence and, and control and obviously his athletic ability um, on this Munster team next year.
0: And obviously, the the Rainbow Cup is the uh, the CJ Standard farewell tour. Um, another good performance from him last night. Can you talk to us about the impact that CJ had on this Munster team as a whole over the years, and how much he's going to be missed next season?
6: Yeah, I think everyone's kind of seen it really since he announced his his retirement. Um, I think you know the the feedback from obviously his teammates, uh, but the fans and you know the, his Irish teammates as well, kind of tells you um, all that needs to to, to to be known. Um, look, he's just a uh, great guy, um, really friendly, uh, he's got unbelievable humility for what he's achieved in rugby, um, but just the commitment that he's brought and uh, how much he's invested in both Munster and Irish jerseys, um, um, I think he's going to leave a huge void really, um, and look particularly to Limerick and Munster, um, you know, whereby he's made a a second home, but I've actually never met Um, anybody who said a bad word about C.J., Mm. And, uh, you know, most rugby players do like a bit of, uh, a bit of a moan and, uh, and the odd <laughs> little bitch about, about people. So, um, that kind of, that kind of says enough. He's just a great lad, um, great character and he's really brought into, to what Munster Rugby is about. Um, so yeah, he'll be a massive, massive loss. But I guess, look, great opportunity for the likes of Coombs to, to back up, uh, his debut year and what he's done to the team and, you know, an opportunity for the likes of maybe, um, um, I'd like to, John Hodnett from, from Ross Carberry and Jack O'Sullivan, another Cork man who was outstanding with their in twenties uh, a couple of years ago, who's had his own injury problems. So I think there's plenty of local monster lads who can who can fill that void. But. Uh, CJ's um, see, see that influence on, on Munster Rugby and the impact he had, um, you know, will be, will, will be um, I suppose, uh, renowned for, for years to come.
0: And obviously Billy Holland as well, um, uh, announcing a couple of weeks back that he was calling a day at the end of the season, even though he felt he could have played on, he didn't want to fade out, which is a very admirable thing for him to do, and he's going to be a massive loss, and again, just a, a complete monster icon to us.
6: Yeah, look, he's second second in terms of appearances in, in, in Monster history, and um, again, that tells you all you need to know about Billy. His professionalism, you know, I think, was second to none, and I think he's probably been uh, the main leader in this monster squad over the last four or five years. Um, you can see that there, you know, even though he wasn't starting in the uh in the t- semi-final against Toulouse, you know, the, in, the, in the team talk before the game and uh, after the warm-up, he was the fellow giving directions. He was the fellow giving orders to the to the team, uh, and I know from obviously being involved in the squad um, that he ran the show in terms of line-outs and and forward preparation. So yeah, he'll be, leave a big void in terms of leadership in particular to this Monster group. Um look they're they're pretty well stacked in terms of taking those with uh Sneyman, R. G. Sneyman to come back into into contention next year. Um uh, but definitely Billy leaves a massive void and look, um he's left not nothing uh out in the park and whatever two hundred and forty or fifty appearances in Monster, Um just an incredible career
0: incredible is the word um, Peter Mahoney earlier on this week to Moss was saying he wasn't sure if he was going to get uh, a Lions call up or not uh, this summer do you think he deserves it?
6: Um, well I think he said himself that that he wasn't going to get selected because he hasn't played enough games and I probably concur with that um, so look obviously what did he start one or two Six Nations games mm. and I suppose admittedly himself um, his form hasn't been up to the standards where it had been previously so I don't think he's going to be selected for the lines. Obviously, the back row is a uh, is a very kind of uh, I suppose seriously contested area. I don't know what the makeup of the, the back row for the lines is going to be, or how many of the back rows they're going to bring. I'd imagine Toby Toby will, will will be the number eight. Um, See so the Welsh player. You'll have you know a couple of the English lads definitely thrown thrown in the mix, and. Um, you'd imagine standard will probably get the nod um, to, to go and play against his, uh, his native native country. Um, I don't know who else will be in contention, but uh, I don't think theatre, um, as, he, as he said himself, will, will make the cut.
0: And obviously last week uh, it was announced that Simon Zeebo is going to be returning to Munster. This is uh, big news and very welcome news to us.
6: really positive, yeah. Look, I think, as kind I of said it before, I think um, there's a danger that we dilute uh, what Munster Rugby is about by... They're bringing in too many, I suppose, foreigners and too many people. Not from Munster. Look, I think um, you know, foreign players can add massive, uh, massive impact to the province in terms of their their ability. Number one, and in terms of their experience and what they can pass on to, to your local Munster players. But I think that you need to, I suppose, retain, uh, I suppose, the the pedigree and history of Munster rugby and all the, and all the other provinces as well. I think you need majority of the of the the playing squad to be from the locality. Yeah. To be invested in the locality to have grown up wanting to play for the Jersey. And I think um I suppose Irish rugby in general has diluted has that um within the provinces. You no, know, all the provinces, Bar Leinster, have had a massive influx of of players from other provinces and foreign players and you kind of saw a backlash um with the announcement of the name of the South African second row being signed. Um I think you know Moscow fans have had enough. So seeing uh, a local uh, with Corkman coming back to his native province. I think it's, it's very, very positive. And, you know, even when the likes of O'Gar and the likes of O'Connell were, were in their prime, you know, all the young fellas wanted to see Zeebo and wanted to come and meet Zeebo at the squad sessions. So... He has that, I suppose, X factor, he has that star factor and uh, it'll be great to see him back to mm-hmm. Musgrave Park and Tomlin Park and wearing the, the red jersey monster.
0: Munster. Yeah, it'll be very, very exciting. Actually, speaking of Ronald Lagara a new three-year deal uh, for him with La Rochelle announced earlier on in the week and fantastic to see him make, uh, I suppose, that progress and I suppose to see him how, how highly regarded he is over there for them to offer him a three-year deal.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Look, is um, I suppose... Forged, uh, you know, a very, very exciting coaching career since he's finished with with uh, his playing days at Munster. Uh, I suppose going over to, to Racing Metro, um, where he had success, you know, in the the top fourteen, the top catur's won a title with them, and obviously coached the likes of uh, of Dan Carter as well. So great experience there, and that kind of brought him over to the Crusaders then, you know, where they won two titles um, with him uh, as, as backs coach and defence coach. Um, and I think he learned a lot from from those two different cultures. Um, obviously, getting the the offer of a job in La Rochelle, and you can see the impact he's had with La Rochelle. Um, that that you know when, uh, what is the two or three years into the into his uh, into his uh, experience there? He's been offered a top job at the club. So yeah, that gives me an insight into uh, I suppose um, you know how he's progressed as a coach. How he's progressed, I suppose, Um, you know, as a director of rugby as well, you know, that they've given him the, I suppose, the the keys to the club in in, in all effect. You know, he's going to be in charge of of strategy and and signings and everything to do with the club. So, yeah, look, it's it's a hugely exciting opportunity for him. And it it just shows you uh, how how high regard he's held over in in France. So, look, will he be seen back in Munster or Ireland? I'd say um, that's more of a long-term goal now. I think he's a very exciting project there in, in La Rochelle they're in the European semi-final and I think they're top two of the, the top 14 so that'll illustrate um, I suppose how effective and how good a job Rodgers is doing
0: and a huge game as you just mentioned there against Leinster next week that should be an absolute cracker shouldn't it?
6: yeah it should be um, look I suppose the, the home draw and I think uh, Rodgers admitted this himself that that was a big big uh, plus for La Rochelle uh, I suppose the challenge of having to travel to the RDS even though there's no crowds would have been a lot more difficult for La Rochelle yeah. But I think you know they've got some very very exciting players in a, in a power game that could cause uh, Leinster trouble. Um, but look, I do think that Leinster you know have kind of reestablished the, the form that they have in previous years. Uh, in European competition I think they'll be very very difficult to beat but look if there's anyone who could kind of um, lead a team or, or, or kind of give a team a, an insight into what Leinster can do look I think it's going to be rad so hopefully hopefully they can do a bit of damage <laughs> and hopefully they might sneak a, sneak a victory over Leinster
0: uh, Fingers crossed Tomás a pleasure as always boy thanks for talking to us today Thanks Rory have a good one you are spoken like a proper Munster man they're always wanting uh, Leinster to lose that's Tomás O'Leary there speaking to us about uh, the performance against Leinster last night in the caribo Cup and uh, the retirements of CJ Stander and Billy Holland and what Ronald is doing. And of course, the return of Simon Zebo. How exciting is that going to be? Seeing Simon Zebo in a red shirt once again next season. Absolutely fantastic stuff indeed. Can't wait. As Tomas said, to see him in the flesh in Musgrave Park or Toman Park. is going to be absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, it's all over at Wembley Stadium. Manchester City have beaten Tottenham by a goal to nil. Thanks to that uh, header from Amaric Laporte after 82 minutes we'll get a full-time report on that one in just a bit just um, for more on that let again go on here briefly from uh, their boss Leo
3: Cullen um, yeah well just it was the game was lost for us really in the contact area I thought Munster were very aggressive um, we couldn't quite deal with some of the threats that they had um, made the game quite messy um, and unfortunately we weren't good enough so yeah we're disappointed you know there were a few disruptions I think in the lead into the game um, even losing Harry quite early on another disruption so um, I thought Dave Hall battle really, really well. He's been out for the last um, six or seven weeks with a, with an ankle injury. So huge effort from him to come into the team. So um, overall, disappointed. Good experience for a lot of our younger players. Um, and yeah, we obviously we had a number of guys coming back from injuries as well that have been out for a number of weeks, so um adds to the, I guess the the depth of the group. So we have a huge week now um for the club um as we take on La Rochelle next weekend in Europe. so um, really, it's just about dusting ourselves off now and um turning our attention to the next challenge. Well, indeed, on those positives, Leo. Obviously, there's been a few players that have been out for the last couple of months. Like I said, Tommy O'Brien, Scott Penny, James Ryan. I know Kaylin pulled out uh, before the game, but positives in terms of getting them back in and into the mix for next week. Uh, no, definitely, yeah. Like and some guys just needed the game time, so it's great to see them come in. Um, even Cormac Foley and Martin Maloney coming off the bench there as well it's brilliant to see. So um, those guys will all be better for the next time they get their opportunity, um, and that's uh, that's an important piece of just the development of the group. So um, yeah, we are disappointed. The lads in the rest of them are very, very disappointed because you know we didn't quite we weren't A accurate enough and, you know, we lost probably on out on some of the physical exchanges during the course of the game as well and, you know, credits to Munster. I thought they were they just were better in certain facets of the game tonight. So uh, they fully deserved their win.
0: Yeah, Nick the defeat there is uh, Leinster boss Leo Cullen after losing out to Munster last night in that uh, Champions, or Rainbow Cup uh, game last night. A good win for Munster up at the RDS. As I mentioned, full-time uh, Man City won Tottenham in the EFL Cup final. HF report on that in a bit. But going to look back on action from last night in St. Commons Park now, where Co-Ramblers battle to earn a point against Bray Wanderers uh, in, a, in a, an entertaining game watched this on uh, LOI TV last night um, Charlie our Lions equalising for Ramblers in the second half from the penalty spot they fought back really really well did Ramblers um, after going a goal down last night which was very very impressive this is the reaction of Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton
1: yeah obviously we want to win the home games um, again as you said uh, coming from a goal down we showed the character there and the belief that we were still in the game to get something out of it and which was from our point of view was good um, and as we said when we went the goal behind I thought then we we worked hard enough to get something back and we got our reward from the penalty and uh to Charlie he's he's finished that brilliantly um, and again then you know towards the end we probably you know could have maybe had one or two more better opportunities um, but look I think a, a result the result tonight sorry is uh, the one older I was a fair result I don't think both teams can honestly say that they deserve to win or to lose um, and from our point of view that's the disappointing part that we know we can play better than that on the ball we worked hard off the ball um, brilliantly it was a competitive game which we expected we matched up to them in that respect you know um, Again, you know the, the goal has come from one I think we were on the attack, we've played it back to the keeper and he's just hit it as long as he can and it's fallen to the so-called star man and he you know if that's gone to anyone else who knows but look on the night that's what's happened um, so from that point of view we've got caught there. Um, we'll look at the videos of that and see. But then we've responded to that. Um but, you know, the main one from tonight is that at times we were we were poor on the ball. It was too, for me, helter-skelter where, you know, everything was rushed and we, we just needed to calm it down and believe in what we can do, which we've seen in previous games so far this season, that when we do it, we can play. And we just needed to take that little bit of quality into it there. Um and and as I said, that's what we need to be looking at now to bring into next week's game.
2: And yeah, just looking at next week's game, Galo United at home again here, so a chance to get a, a couple of points on the board again?
1: Yeah, you know, we've, we've got to look at it again, you know, on the other side of the coin, we've got to look at that, you know, we've gone three unbeaten now, so, you know, that's, that's a plus there. Uh, but again, you know, the little disappointment is, you know, it's... Is it two drops, you know, we'll, we'll find out later at the end of the season, but, you know, from our own point of view, that's where we go home, we go to win those games and, you know, we battled well, commitment was brilliant, just a little bit of quality was missing tonight, which we needed just um, in the final, final third of the pitch. Uh, just when we needed it most like we didn't have it tonight
0: it's Stuart your there speaking after last night's uh, one-all draw with Bray Wanderers at St Coman's Park three games unbeaten now four Ramblers who certainly are going in the right direction but as Stuart was saying there uh, still a lot of work for them to do going to hear briefly from the other uh, goal scorer trail lines
1: um, yeah I suppose happy to get off the mark of the season right? but um, I suppose as defence we're disappointed with the goal mostly my fault for that but um I suppose last year, them kind of games when we went down 1-0, we would have faded away, so it was good character to get back into the game, and I suppose uh, they're going to be up there, they're about to in, so it's a good point. Yeah,
2: like you are saying, Bray good side, and even though they haven't got a win this year, some good results against UCD and Shell, so uh, it looks like a very competitive league, is, is that what you're expecting?
1: Yeah, look, as we were saying, it's all going to be about the battle, you know, all these games, so I think we keep doing that now and just add a bit of quality going forward that we're definitely going to be there thereabouts towards the end of the season
2: and uh, lastly looking ahead to next week Galway United at home here a few ex cove players there as well so
1: must be a game you're looking forward to yeah look they're um, gunning for a win as well so um, it's going to be a tough game again so hopefully get three points at home and start making this a fortress for people to come down to and
0: that'll be a good game next Saturday night against uh, John Caulfield's Galway United side you can be sure he'll have them fired up and ready for that game in St. Comans Park and uh, we'll of course, have reaction on that game on the big red bench next week. And uh, Cork City facing Bray Wanderers this coming Friday in Bray's City looks to uh, arrest their alarming run of form four defeats on the bounce. Column spoke to Cork City goalkeeper Mark McNulty on the show yesterday. You can listen back to the podcast on that uh, for that interview. You can get that on uh, redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcast from. But certainly worth listening uh, to Mark McNulty about uh, Cork City's poor run of form and I suppose how things are going to change. and it's a big game for them now on Friday as they look to uh, avoid another defeat. But yeah, certainly not the start of the season Cork City fans would have envisaged. But uh, still plenty of time to go um, in the season it's so far. All right, uh, full time report uh, from Wembley where Manchester City have beaten Tottenham 1 0 in the Carabao Cup final. Joe Rosson.
7: Manchester City have won the League Cup for a fourth consecutive season it's finished here at Wembley Manchester City 1, Tottenham Hotspur nil. a fair result on the balance of the game, City dominated possession in, in, and in all honesty should have scored more than just the one, Sterling, Foden Gundogan, and Mares all missed the target from good positions and when they did find their range Hugo Lloris was equal to it the goal came in the 86 second minute, a simple one in the end. De Bruyne's free kick from a wide position headed in by Aymeric Laporte Spurs never really looked much of an attacking threat you just wonder how fit Harry Kane really was their focus now has to shift onto finishing in the Premier League's top four the City fans are celebrating over to the right of us here at the National Stadium City still have a treble on full time Manchester City won Tottenham Hotspur nil and that was
0: the I suppose a uh, dominant one nil win has done one will win as we'll see Tottenham couldn't get next to near Man City for most of that game and as uh, so you heard, their City winning the league uh, title or league cup title for the fourth time in a row after uh, that win today in Wembley fantastic to see crowds back at a sporting event like that even watching the UFC back last night as well they had a full house in Las Vegas although the less said about Chris Whiteman's lake it better <laughs> alright still to come on the show we're going to talk to Irish hurdler Sarah Lavin she's going to talk to us about her Olympic preparation and plenty more besides stick with us
8: the
6: big red bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
0: I'm right, really glad you could join us on the big red bench this evening one more game in the Premier League tonight is Aston Villa host West Brom in the, the last game of the day Tom Gale has the team news from Villa Park
2: three changes to the Aston Villa side who lost to Man City here on Wednesday Matty Cash is suspended Jacob Ramsey injured and Marvellous Nakamba dropped to the bench. So in come Ahmed al mohammadi Anwar Al-Ghazi and Ross Barkley starts for the first time in nine games. Still no Jack Grealish, but striker Wesley is on the bench for the first time since rupturing knee ligaments on New Year's Day last year. Two West Brom changes after Thursday's defeat at Leicester. Semi Ajayi and Conor Gallagher come in. Matt Phillips and Dara Shea join the substitutes. Okay, we're going to hear now uh, from Irish
0: athlete Sarah Lav and following the launch of the Olympic Federation of Ireland's new Olympic Schools Challenge, which is called Road to Tokyo. The interactive challenge will engage with school children, encouraging them to get more active and teaching them about Tokyo and the Olympic Games. The challenge is part of the Olympic Federation of Ireland's Dare to Believe Schools programme, which is proudly supported by FBD and sees Team Ireland calling on schools and families across the country to join them on the road to Tokyo from May 4th to May 31st. Valerie has been chatting to Sarah earlier this week.
5: Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. How has life been for you at the moment? Oh, sure. It's been wild, like for everybody, hasn't it? It's just been like, who would have even thought? like can you imagine like in 2019, we actually thought we would have gone through the last 12 months. I think everyone would have been like, this is like a really weird dream. Um, But here we are and we're all doing what we can. And um, yeah, like making the most of every day, you know, and I think now that the weather is getting a bit better, we can get out. and. I think it'll lift spirits as well, which is, you know, obviously the last four months has been tough on, on everyone because um, it's just been winter as well, which let's face it isn't, like, amazing in Ireland. But, um yeah, like, I think hopefully now we're heading into vaccines sunshine and like, like even saying all these things are like what would we have been like if we've been saying this in like two years ago you'd be like what is she on but like yeah, that's people, yeah. people wouldn't have
9: <laughs> believed us if we said no. this would have been life now on zooms <laughs> constantly
5: it's zooms yeah like I, I'm, I'm just trying to create backdrops that are like <laughs> okay oh, <yeah. laughs> taking down weird old pictures that you have often but yeah no it's been a, uh, it's been interesting to say the
9: least it has been quite interesting and especially for you being an athlete and I know at work as well,
5: work was shut down for some time for you as well? Yeah, yeah, it was, especially in the last lockdown, the initial one. Um, I think everything was shut down, wasn't it? Like literally everything. Um, but physios are allowed back now, or allowed for our front line, So um, that's great uh, just to have that, that mix. But it's it's been really funny because even travelling and stuff, you obviously need to jump in with you can't be coming back into work so you have to do your 14 days or your five days and your negative test and and you're really conscious about your next race and making sure you get your negative test and just obviously keeping everyone safe um, and, and yourself so yeah it's 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 been so strange, <laughs> even like getting to races and actually getting to run. It's the easy part because once you're out there, you're literally just so grateful for the opportunity and, and for making there, you know, safely and and yeah. So that's kind of. Have you had the chance to get the vaccine yet? Being in the front no, line. No, no, I'm not. I haven't. I haven't. Um, hopefully but, soon. Yeah, my, my my sister is in works in hospital, so she she has, and um yeah. Look, it'll come. Hopefully, it's 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 a. Uh, it's it's just we're all waiting for it, aren't we? <laughs>
9: like, yeah, I think <laughs> we are all waiting for it. And yeah, you yourself, I know it's been a tough few years for you. I think uh, in twenty sixteen, it probably wasn't exactly ideal. Um, it probably was a rough year for you, and I know you're shaking your head there now, as if saying,
5: "Why are you bringing this up again?" No, not at all, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I I, I was just young, you know. I think it, I was twenty one, turning twenty two in in twenty sixteen, and um actually no i was 20 turning 20 i'm not sure i was young and i think you're a very different person than when you're at 26 um and yeah i think how everything i don't know what i changed much as crazy as that sounds but i came in from having such a a successful youth and and, and junior career and i i think like it, it wasn't gonna always just be perfect the whole way and 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 i Developed a lot as a person, and and you know, I think the qualities I learned about myself and 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 everything through those through those years and, and through that tough transition. Um, I don't know what I change much, which I know sounds bizarre, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think they've they've shaped me as a person and, and not just as an athlete, and that's ultimately way more important, isn't it? Um, and 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 then heading into twenty twenty one, like the fact, even just the fact that the games were were pushed down to this year. Give me another shot because 2020 first race and, and, and I just injured. So um, when, when the games got canceled last March, it was almost like, like this is God given, like this is an, another shot that, that, that you get to have. And I really immersed myself in everything not that, that I hadn't before that, but I really felt like this was an opportunity I had to, had to take full advantage of. And, um, yeah, got really lucky with 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 Jarrettman helped me with my rehabilitation, and and obviously my coach, and I've great people in my life in all aspects. So I I think with that it just really was 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 brilliant in in how the the last twelve months have kind of changed everything for me, and 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 suddenly I found myself by the skin of my teeth in a, in a Tokyo qualifying position, and and I have a lot of work to do to, to push on up through it. But yeah, it's been an absolute. Roller coaster ride of a twelve months from a neglects
9: perspective. I was just gonna say, a lot of people might say it's luck that's on your side a small bit, but it cancelled last year. I mean, for you to be pretty selfish, you were probably like,
5: thank God. Yeah, well, like it was, it was game over for me. You know, like the tears have been shed <laughs> on, on on the first of February. Um, I was up in Sanchi Sports Clinic. Uh, Johnny McKenna had a look, and, and he actually said at the time, he's like, "Sarah, I think you can," because I guess athletics is 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 a straight sport. Like it's unilateral. It's not like it's a rugby or so. When you completely tear all the ligaments in your ankle so I did it both sides my ATFL my PTFL and my deltoid ligament but the deltoid is really kind of like your stability of your whole ankle so that was kind of the major one and it wasn't even like it was just a little it was like completely gone everywhere so um it was just freak as well. You know, I, I think like often there's been times that maybe you get injured and you should have put your hand up that like, you know, you'd felt a needle coming on or, or whatever. This was just slowing down like the bank track indoors and whatever way I put down my foot it just rocked. So it was a really tough one to take. Um but, you know, I, I allowed myself to be upset for probably about three days. Um And then when Johnny McKenna actually said, you know, Sarah, like, I think you can try and get back and avoid surgery. He said, mate, you might need to come back to me, but I think you can do it. So, again, I just started rehabbing that. Hartman came in and and worked really hard on getting my speed back. But we couldn't actually go over hurdles because my ankle was just swelling all the time. So, like, it would just after any kind of load, it would just like, it's still like, like, I think at the moment I just call it my super ankle because, yeah, the the way things have worked out, like I, I ran six PBs in this indoor season so it's it's very stiff um, and I obviously have to mind other things like my calves and my hamstrings and just make sure that they're not compensating for for this new like lack of range basically because the whole the boat the whole joint is just bigger now and and, and they look like two different feet um, which is not going to be attractive is it for the summer months <laughs> in flip-flops but um, yeah no like who cares I'm gonna, if it gets you to Tokyo who exactly, cares you said, it, you said it who
9: cares Well. It but, looks like yeah, if I get you to Tokyo it, it, But it, it, you did mention this year. I mean, what an amazing start to this year season for you. I mean, after just a roller coaster, we could only wish you happy things. And this year has been a great start for you, and we're so delighted to see that.
5: Thank you so so much, Fay. That means so much. Um, yeah, I'm delighted. Obviously, you always want to be running the shape of your life. Olympic <laughs> year is 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 great. Um, at the moment, though, I I, I know. I have a lot of work to do and, and I need to carry that form and more into, into outdoors. It's everyone's up in their game. You know, what I mean? that's what just naturally happens for Olympic year. So um, I'm just, you know, trying to get in tighter into the race to lift my lead leg work on my trail leg like, like all those things are what really consumes me every day <laughs> which is sad isn't it but um that, that's that's literally what what a, what my goal is because I have they're the only things that that, that can change my outcome and um yeah just please go get good racing opportunities into end of May and, and and June and I think the qualification closes the 29th of June so we won't know until then so it's literally just like a good pressurized three months, and and I love pressure, so yeah, yeah, that's right. it's, it's, <laughs> it's a long time to wait, but
9: I mean, you can manage it after waiting so long. You know what <laughs> I mean? But for you, what's the competition like? Have you seen? Because there's not been many competitions this year. You probably can't judge what the competition is like for against you at the moment well it's like i've
5: actually like this is the most bizarre thing but like i actually because i got into the world indoor tour in madrid Mm -hmm. it was really it was a stacked race obviously to even get a lane there was two heats so and then to make the i was really hoping i'd make the final because if you made the final it would boost my world rankings and then i've made the final and then i finished third in the final so i got loads of world ranking points for that and then headed out to european's um missed out on the final there by, by one spot so that I would have really loved to have been in the final but to be ninth in Europe um, as a senior you know it's been a long journey to get to that point and obviously I want more I know what it's like to stand on a podium as a youth and a junior so obviously that's what you you want to be into the final and then contending for medals but I think coming from where I came from I, I can't but be happy to bring my best ever like to say six times in those six weeks that I was the best I had ever been it it was really special to me and and um, yeah hopefully heading into outdoors like there are like you're you're totally aware of like uh, the world number one I, uh, twice I raced her this year and already and you're you're always just trying to close gaps and and push on and become a better person better athlete yourself and um, mm-hmm. and the bar is so high so <laughs> yeah I think I think that. Uh, it, they, you know, the, everyone's form is quite good, um, everybody who's anybody who could have been at the Europeans was there, so um, good, you have a good, yeah, a good, a good kind of gauge. Um, but it, it ultimately, like in, in the top 40 in the world, which is for the hurdles, I think it's, it's a bit different for other events like the 100 and the 200, it's top 56, and, and those 16 places do actually <laughs> mean a lot, so it is a tough qualification, but um. I think it's I'm capable of it, and uh, and obviously once once you get to the games, you want to be like you know you want to be competitive out there. You don't just want to be going over for for an experience and stuff. So yeah, I'm focused. Just as I said, lead leg and trail leg. (laughs) If I can marry my speed and my hurdle technique, that as well make me a happy person. Well. I know that
9: the next couple of months are so important for you, but are you allowing yourself to enjoy the fact that you might be in Tokyo or are you just, does it wind you up as mob well, as you're like, I can't look that far ahead or do you go, no, I, do you know, do you, what are the excitement levels? I'd love to know what is it like.
5: <laughs> it's crazy to think that you could be, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I think I just, I'm just focused on day to day. I'm more concerned about like what my training session or is my coach going to kill me tonight? Or, you know, that's, <laughs> you're more about self-survival every day, oh coach, like long, long, see, like seeing the long term thing. But ultimately, you know that all the little things will add up to make the big thing come through. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't think like, I don't really think of it like that. I'm more, I really am more concerned on on the day to day and even silly things like sleep and and, and, and what I'm eating and all those things that really factor into the long term thing. So, yeah, I guess just they're, they're what you're almost trying to stay on top of as well, because your coach can't tell you like, every night go to bed and text you like in you know, that kind of way so you have to have like that self-discipline and uh, yeah I'm sleeping lots that's that's the beauty of being a high performance athlete you get to sleep lots and lots and lots what's your
9: <laughs> what's your weekly daily routine like at the moment so how often are you out and about
5: yeah about five to six track sessions so running sessions to um olympic session lifting session so like cleans pasqua all that because it's just so powerful an event um i'll have uh yoga or flexibility kind of a mobility kind of a thing um and then core a couple of times as also it's it's like the we have two double days um but like i love it do you know that kind of it doesn't actually i don't know what i do without it and i can't believe I'm still getting away with doing this and running and jumping over things at 26 and and still running with it from that perspective like yeah like I just feel so grateful you know I just immense gratitude um and just enjoy I really I love it and I I get to do what I love which is so amazing to be able to say that at, at, at 26 at any age of life to be able to do every day what you love doing um it is is brilliant. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's That's kind of my training. But from aside from that, like it's literally in bed half nine ten most nights, um, and it's probably asleep. Well, by by that maybe before that, um, you're like me. I'm the same. I'm. Are same you good? So
9: that's my excuse. But you're not least like. Good. I don't um, know what mine is. I feel just like a nana going to video <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
5: I don't know what I'll do like when it, it when it's not so <laughs> for me to do that anymore. Um, but yeah, like I sleep for about. I, I could sleep for 12 and a half hours I, I think that's my, my my 2021 best but like I've been well, uh, <laughs> in the bath, being asleep yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like running yeah. Well, look it's well, absolutely amazing the countdown is
9: on and you're so positive and you know you've such a good mentality towards your injuries and stuff and we really honestly all wish you the best but you did join us today for the Olympic Federation the FBD Olympic School Challenge Dare to Believe it's an interactive journey to Tokyo and this is an amazing idea for kids in oh. school now in the lead up this something like this you'd have loved I would
5: have loved. just been in my element you know back in like because I, I started running when I was seven so this is literally the prime the, pr- the prime age Um, and I was such a competitive child and I might even think, think that like for parents who are doing an amazing job at the moment and having to have had such a long few months of homeschooling and everything they're probably running short of a few ideas and this initiative is absolutely perfect Um, and it also ties in with just I suppose organised sport has kind of been not really been you know, there for younger people at the moment. So, I think this is just such an opportunity um, for Olympic Federation of Ireland to capitalise on, and, and obviously, young kids who are so athletic and so talented to get out there. And basically, yeah, they they're, they're doing a challenge. So you've to clock your activities. So um, every fifteen minutes of activity gets rewarded, and there's four different stops along the way: Dublin. Athens, New Delhi, Fukuroi in Japan, uh where the holding camp will be and then and then Tokyo and along the journey they get like the spot prizes, there's competitions, there's quizzes, um messages um and, and those are just different different bits and bobs so it's a really really good initiative um and again like it's all these different sports like anno flanagan amazing hockey player ollie Dingley, the diver and like even just watching ollie sometimes like if he's in the gym or whatever and he's there doing flips and stuff and i'm just like how how does he do it um and then you know athletics of course i'm biased towards athletics but <laughs> something for literally everybody you know whether you're strong whether you love to jump, whether you're love, whether you're fast or whether you just can keep going, such a range of events, um, and all of these are incorporated into into the Olympic Skills Challenge. So yeah, I'm just so grateful to be be a part of of the initiative, and, and thanks to the Olympic Council <laughs> for, for um, you know including me into it. But um, yeah, I think it's really brilliant, and, and I'm sure that we'll see the future olympians coming you know hopefully they'll be yeah. talking to you being like oh yeah i did the olympic skills challenge and that was my well, first i'm moment. still going to bed at,
9: at nine <laughs> o'clock <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you we can't wait to keep a close eye on your journey we really wish you the very best look after everything you really deserve it That's so strange. the very best look and thanks for chatting to us on the big red bench bye rally
0: That was a really interesting conversation there between Valerie and uh, Irish athlete Sarah Lavin at the launch of the Olympic Federation of Ireland's New Olympic Schools Challenge. Road to Tokyo very fascinating stuff indeed about what it takes to, to prepare and to, and coming back from injury and I suppose getting ready for Tokyo as well but if you want to find out more about that Dare to Believe campaign go to uh, www.daretobelieve.ie forward slash road to Tokyo for further information uh, now it's been a, an interesting week I suppose uh, is one way of putting it uh, of course with all the Super League what an in, what an intense two days that was uh, Super League announced late last Sunday night. Night, uh, and then was dead two days later it was a fascinating story indeed on yesterday's show Colum spoke to Ireland and Liverpool re- legend Ronnie Whelan about the Super League and got his thoughts on it and uh, Ronnie not a fan of the concepts and uh, not a fan of what went down what had transpired and um, what his club Liverpool uh, had gotten involved in. Um, you can hear the the chat in full on the Big Red Bench podcast. Here's just a little bit of a column in conversation with Ireland and Liverpool legend Ronnie William.
10: Just smacked the grid straight away, didn't it um, Everybody wants to make more money out of it. It's not like they're not making money at the moment. Um, Ever since we came the Premiership in England, it's just been money, money, money. Sky Sports, and you've got to pay. Everybody's got to pay. Um, well, the fans mainly are getting stuck with all the payments that they've got to make. Um, and everybody showed that they did not want it. I, I, I still think there must be a reason why they all went along with it, because they must have known the backlash that was going to happen to them all. Um, but then again, you still see Barcelona, Real Madrid saying it's for them. It's not dead and buried yet. But all the English clubs have pulled out and rightly so. Um, the supporters all got together and made it happen, to be fair.
8: Liverpool were one of the clubs involved uh, your club Ronnie and they were very very much against this in terms of the fans and even Jordan Henderson and the players came out then on Monday night very much against it as well Klopp was against it as well um, as a man who's captain Liverpool himself um, would that be the kind of reaction you would have expected as soon as you heard about it did you know that on Merseyside they would greet it with a reaction like that I think it was um,
10: it was a funny one that all the players well you know Klopp said we haven't been informed the players are going well we know nothing about it and then um you would have thought players, first and foremost, and the manager, would have been informed, we're going to go in for this European Super League. Um, what do you think? And I'm sure they've all would have went the way they did go and gone, well, no, we're not really for a week. Um, but it did take away all the, the, what we've been used to over the years, didn't they? like mm. competition, getting a top four or get to a final... It just seemed these major clubs were just going to play games every year just to rake in money, money, money. It looked like they were going to go all around the world, Japan and Azerbaijan, and play all these games. Um, It would have made an awful lot of money for them all. But I feel um, it's probably in as well because of COVID, what's happened, the pandemic over the last, they've all said they've lost millions and millions. Probably a lot of that was in their thinking, but they
8: got it completely wrong. Absolutely. And I mean, do you think this is the end of it now? We had John Henry, the Liverpool owner and the Glazers were coming out making apologies during the week. But do you think in the background, they're kind of thinking, right, we'll try and sneak this on in under the radar some other way in a year's time or two years time. Do you think that the reaction will have put them off permanently or do you think that this is the way it's going to go ultimately?
10: Um, Come, I think this has been going, going right back to the start of the Premiership 92. You know, they've all been looking at ways to get more and more and more and more money. They look into Europe. They've talked about having this super league in Europe and putting all the top teams from each country into a league and playing that. Um, I don't think it'll go away. I think they'll try another way to see which way they can get round or how to appease the fans, players. Um, no, I don't think it's going to go away. They'll, they'll look to do something else.
8: And just finally, before we move on to the football over the weekend, there's been talk now and there's different opinions and debates whether or not the clubs involved who were threatening to break away from the Premier League, break away from the Champions League. Should they be punished? Should they have a points deduction? Should they have a fine? Some people are saying that's unfair because it hits the players and it hits the fans. But how do you hit the owners without affecting them as well?
10: It just should have nothing to do. Don't do anything to players or managers or supporters. Um, if you want to do anything, it's got to be the owners. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll get fined or anything. I don't think they'll get deducted points. I think it'll be said, okay, we try to do it. Um, we now know what's wrong. Let's get on with it. I don't think anything will happen
0: to anybody. Yeah, really interesting conversation that column had with Ronnie Whelan yesterday about the uh, the Super League. and can get more on yesterday's uh, show from the podcast RedFM.ie or from wherever you get your podcast. You can get that there uh, really good show yesterday with Fiona Hayes uh, analysing Ireland's win over oh, uh, Italy. Yes, they um, Valerie spoke to Oliver Dingley You heard uh, being mentioned there in that interview with uh, Sarah Lavin. She also, we also heard from uh, noonan Noonan uh, as well so a really good show on yesterday's uh, show a really good show on yesterday's show yesterday's show was really good you can get that on the Big Red Bench podcast on redfm.ie and tonight's show if you missed any of it will be online a little bit later on as well but that's pretty much it from us tonight thank you very much indeed for uh, tuning into us on the show this evening. It's been a, a glorious uh, Sunday evening, sunny Sunday evening. So, hopefully, you're listening to us out in the back garden and chilling out, and hopefully, going to stick with us as well for Green on Red, which is up next. Three hours of the very best of Irish music coming away with Connor Halpin from 7 until 10 p.m. We're back next Saturday at 6. Valerie's in Saturday. I'm back in on Sunday. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench uh, for all your sporting needs and uh, a big weekend of sport ahead next week as well. So so we'll have it at all on the Big Red Bench next week. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, folks. Connor's up next. Talk to you next week.
9: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.